Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of The Ornithology Presents Forgotten Films. I'm Ben Hyten, but wait, what is this I see before me? Are you a demon? Be you a demon? And we said nay. We are but men. Rock. Out. Ah. Alex Blairdy's here with me. Yeah, I'm here. Doing my best Tenacious D impression, which is not that good. No, I've heard you do better than that. I can do better. But let's not sing Fucker Gently just now. No, no. Why, why, why? What the hell? Why are you here, Alex? What's going on? Because I love you, man. Okay. That's good enough for me. Good. Yeah, we're going to do the first of our bonus retrospectives that we talked about doing for films that maybe we could have done in place of films that we picked. Basically, the only reason we're here is because we did. We just released 1983. Yeah, we listened to it, and on that, I was incredibly ashamed of my 93 pick, uh, 83 pick. And on that very episode, we said, "Hey, when we went down the list, that could be a bonus episode." What film did we say that about, Ben? BMX Bandits. Now, I'm first of all, oh, hey, good. don't beat yourself up so bad because 1983, great episode. Okay. It was. I'm intrigued how this conversation will go because in 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 something of a role reversal, this is a film that you have a personal history and connection with. Yes. And I'd never seen. Yeah. Now, before we get into any of that, I've actually got some movie news for you. Movie news! Solid jingle. Thanks. Well done. See, this is why you're here. Yeah. You're a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies, aren't you? I actually am. I w- to be fair, I was a convert until Fast 7, the one before Really? Paul that late? Died. Well, Fast 7 was the one where Paul Walker had died, yeah. Paul Walker, yeah. So that year, it got a lot more press than it perhaps otherwise would have, or a lot of different press than it would have otherwise. Yeah. And so it made me pay attention. And your insistence that the franchise had something that was better than Transformers. Yep, definitely. And so I just said, well, okay, I'm always let down by a Transformers movie. I'll give Fast and Furious a go. I mainlined them all in one weekend and then went to go, all six, and then went to go and watch Fast 7 in the cinema. It was a phenomenal weekend for me. Best weekend Probably of your life, I imagine. One of them. Yeah. One of them. Uh, not better than watching all the Marvel movies and then going watching Infinity War. That's fair enough. That was the best version of That's that a bit more than a weekend, I think, though, right? That it was, was a couple of weeks. Three films a night yeah. <laughs> for the the week leading up to it. Yeah. I admire One week. One on week. That. Yeah, really. Yeah, it was great. Um, so are you aware that there is a Fast and Furious spin-off coming out this year? No, I'm not. And you know what? It's no accident you are saying this. I think this has it has a relationship to this movie. No. No, no, no oh, okay. I just want to make you aware of it. All right, no, go and tell me, tell me. This is just movie news. No, no connection to BMX Bandits other than there are wheels. Um, yeah. But they, mm-hmm. the, the uh, over the last couple of films with the arrival of Dwayne Johnson, there's been some consternation on set between him and Vin Diesel. They don't really yes, get on. I'm aware of that. The Rock called him a candy ass on Twitter. Didn't um, someone just say like, just fucking get rid of Vin Diesel. Like pretty the much. franchise will not suffer if we get rid of him. Pretty much, and I think because yeah. he's involved in a in a uh, he's a you know a producer on them now. That's yeah. not really going to happen. So uh, the Rock and Jason he, Statham. He could bow out as an actor. Yeah, but he's not going to. 
The ego on that man. Come his on. His ego is so huge, yeah. All right. So The Rock and Jason Statham have just gone off and done uh, a little Tango and Cash style Fast and Furious film called Hobbs and Shaw. I'm aware. Uh, the trailer just came out and it is, it's a straight up action comedy. It's amazing. They are really leaning into, you know, these great. films have always been comedies, but this one is a comedy. Great. No, it looks great. So I want to yeah, make yeah. you aware of that. But yeah. some some good uh, i would say though maybe don't watch the trailer because it's okay almost Spoiler. every action beat in the film i think right okay yeah. okay well th- your recommendation is enough ben and i hope i hope it so. is for many of our listeners it, probably not but uh, no, probably not they don't have the baggage that we have in cruise <laughs> cruise cast news though cruise news the cruise news Yeah, the last Tom Cruise film we did was Mission Impossible Fallout, and we were prognosticating that perhaps this would be the last Mission film. Good word. Probably the last film that Macquarie would be involved in. Probably the last film that Tom Cruise could pull off as an action hero. Well, I think Tom Cruise heard that and said, fuck you guys. He definitely heard it. He definitely heard it. Because him and Macquarie have done a deal to film... Two Mission Impossible films back to back for release in 2020 and 2021. Better fucking do them back to back. He'll be 60 by the time they finish them, I think. Yeah. That's why he has to do them back to back. Yeah. He's not sure how many more he's got in him. But that's huge because... That is huge. Macquarie was quite open about the fact that he didn't really want to come back for the last one anyway, but he had a great idea and he definitely wouldn't come back unless he had a really great idea. So to come back and say... I've got an idea so good it's going to have to take two films to tell it. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. I've got such a great idea it's going to take two films to tell it is a coin toss in most directors' careers. It's a gamble. Yeah. And one that rarely pays off. Well, sometimes you get Back to the Future 2 and 3. Sometimes you get Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. And sometimes you get The Matrix sequels. Nope. Nope. But in Macquarie, we trust, I think. I agree. No, right now, I put money on him. I yeah. put money on one and two being good. Like, I put money on one being fucking amazing, setting up two for like, ah, uh, I want it now. And then two, maybe letting us down. That it, That is the way it tends to go. And I, I have yeah. to say, I kind of feel that way about the Kill Bill films. I love Kill Bill 1. I just quite like Kill Bill 2. So here's the thing. It's waiting a year for the next part. Uh, And I might have to do a test. I might have to obviously let you see the first one and give it a miss and then wait until the next year. Do you think if I can? I I, I don't think you can do that, You don't think I can? I think I'm just going to say to you, opening night, we're going. And you'll say, yeah, okay, let's go. I think I'm going to have to. Well, if you said opening night, we're going and we're recording something, then I probably would. Uh, I'd love to wait, though, just to see those two back-to-back fresh. My worry there would be, what if I don't live long enough to see the second one? Good point. I'm not dying not having at least seen the first one. Exactly. Is that is that why you want to go see shit opening weekend? In case you just die <laughs> during the week? It, it factors <laughs> into my decision. That's amazing. I think I might eat. All the burgers, just just in case I die before I get a chance to have another one. Mate, 
<laughs> if you <laughs> looked good, in my bin bag idea. right now, that would not be a bad, <laughs> a bad summation. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share those things with you Man, on air, good. as it were. BMX Bandits, talk to me. What does BMX stand for, Mr. Hyten? Do you know? Bike made out of xylophones. No, nice try. Okay. Bring my Xavier. Hmm. Brainy mutant Xavier, maybe. That's maybe quite that. good. That's quite good. Uh, no, it's something motocross, isn't it? Yeah, well, the X is not an X. It's cross. Yeah. And bicycle. Yeah. Motocross. So yeah. motocross was a sport, is still. Yeah. A sport. And then kids wanted to do it, so they started copying it using a bike called a Stinger, I think, something like that. They just ended up creating another sport, which was called Bicycle Motocross. It was a craze that swept the world in the early 80s. Well, actually, it already established itself by the 70s, by the late 70s. And so being a kid growing up, a BMX, it's weird. It's like bicycle motocross is the yeah, sport doesn't make any sense and so you buy a bmx bike yeah with no motor though it shouldn't be motocross at all should it, it should just be like bike cross well no it's motocross is a sport yeah then it, so it's bicycle motocross yeah yeah there's no mo- it's... it should just be bicycle cross bx <laughs> yeah bicycle cross yeah you're right i guess the motor is your legs okay anyway yeah. Anyway, that's some BMX history. Did you view a BMX kid then? <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, if 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 listeners could see the um, sincerity that Ben very very respectfully um, asked me that with to call me a BMX kid would kind of suggest that I had any skill at all riding a bike. Well, listen, I never had any skill on a skateboard, but I still spent a lot of money on skateboards. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's literally just so you can be on one, look kind of cool, or think you do, and tell your friends you have one. Yeah. Hey, have you seen Police Academy 4? I can do that. Yeah. Does that make you uh, Police Academy 4? That's your touchstone for skateboarding, not Back to the Future. Oh, fair point. <laughs> that's but there was more stunts in Police Academy 4, wasn't there? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, actually, to be fair, pretty much the only thing I could do with my skateboard is when Marty McFly, like, kicks the back of the skateboard and That's catches the, the truck. That's the only reason to get a skateboard. Yeah. There was no reason to get a skateboard. You didn't go on it. I did. You just, it was uh, right. a mode of transportation for me. Yeah, I was rubbish. I was so rubbish. I yeah, never I mastered it. I had one. I tried. Never mastered it. So, did you have a PMX? Yes, okay. I did. I, never I had did, one. I had one that didn't have brakes. You could pedal backwards to break it. Yes, that's American style. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I remember, sma- instead of like getting a playing card or something to make it click, yeah. right? I was I smashed in the guard that yeah. was guarding the chain to make it click against the chain. <laughs> so it sounded like a motorbike. Yeah, it, <laughs> I I completely broke it. I broke yeah. my bike. It was stupid. Yeah. I saw this movie and uh, wanted everything to do with this movie when I was a kid. I wanted the helmet. I wanted a face guard. I wanted a, a tracksuit, a bright red tracksuit. I wanted it all and was disappointed with every single item that I got because it didn't. I didn't look anything like they did in the movie. The helmet was too big. It didn't fit. 
It made my head hot. The tracksuit looked weird. See, there is a character in this film that I think you did look like. Nicole Kidman. No, the little kid <laughs> the, at the, the bottom. Kid. The, the fat bo- kid. The kid at the bottom of the escalator. You know, he's like three years old. BMX! That yeah, kid. that was probably me. But in fairness, I don't think that this film landed on my radar until like 1986, 1987. So when this came out, BMX Bandits, I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember that movie. I didn't actually remember any of the stuff or very little of the stuff I'm telling you about now. I didn't remember the movie at all. Hmm. And then as soon as it started playing, I was convinced I remembered everything about it. The music, the 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 outfits, everything. I was like, yes, I remember every beat of this movie. A minute in, I was like, I got no idea what happens in this film. I don't remember any of it. I didn't even remember Nicole Kidman was in it. Nicole Kidman's in it, by the way. Uh, yes, and apparently was a much smaller role originally, and the director liked her so much that he created more stuff for her. Yeah, she shows talent. She's good. Sure. I like, um, this was Nicole Kidman's first film, and there's some nice stories about it, actually. Like, she really wanted to do a lot of the BMX stuff herself, but then she sprained her ankle jumping into the grave in the cemetery sequence, oh. so they had to get a stunt double to do all of her stuff, which is why there's that long sequence over the end credits of her doing the course because oh, her right. ankle had healed and she wanted to show that she can actually ride a bike. That was pretty cool, though. Because it was her first film. When they finished the film, her parents asked the director, Brian Trenchard-Smith, do you think she should carry on with acting? Like, should we support this? And he was like, hell yes. She could be Australia's Catherine Hepburn. You have to wow. encourage her. Amazing. So fair play to Brian Trenchard-Smith, because I think Nicole Kidman does show some promise in this, but she's had a pretty phenomenal career in the years since, it has yeah. to be said. Yeah, yeah. And um, it might not have happened if he'd just gone, you know what? No. It's so ridiculous, right? It doesn't qualify you. You know? No, why not ask her? Like, not, did yeah. you enjoy it? Do you want to do this? Yeah. But it's like, for some reason, we put stock in people. It's like, you know, my grandma will, I don't mind uh, outing her. <laughs> my grandma will ask, like, my dad, who's French, right? She's like, what's creme brulee? And he explains it to her. He's like, oh, there's this. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember. And she's like, okay. So she's looking on the menu and she's like, well, I'm not sure that's right. She said to him, and he's like, well, it is. That's what creme brulee is. And so there's, she she gets the waiter to come over and she's like, well, the waiter should know. On a, You know, some teenager on a job, you ask her what creme brulee is. And he doesn't quite know. And he starts explaining it like that's not what it is. He explains it something else. Something else. And she goes, oh. And then she turns to my dad and goes, you see, that's what it is. So it's this kind of, this weird kind of thing of like the person whose job it is will know. Why would the director know whether or not Nicole Kidman could have a good Well, career? I mean, he's, yeah. And he, he had spent the better part of however many months it took to film this. Yeah, right. Directing but in her, terms right. of like... Does she have talent? Yeah. In terms of saying like, you know, can she be successful? Yeah. That's a crapshoot, man. Like, no That's one what can I mean. say. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, 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 the quote that I pulled that's quite nice this is off the Wikipedia page. Under critical reception, there is one line... The film was released in the UK. The Guardian wrote, there's a girl called Nicole Kidman who's rather good. That's wow. it. That's the whole section about Critical Recession. I think we can say it's a forgotten film. Well, here's the thing. One of the things that I've been looking for on Wikipedia for every film that we've done, I finally got this section for BMX Bandits. So this is, this is in the against column. Right. 
references in popular culture. Ah, okay. Wheatus, remember them? Teenage Dirtbag. Oh, yeah, I do. Had a song called BMX Bandits. Right. Uh, which has a reference to Hey Nicole in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Mitchell and Weblock uh, parodied the film. That's not a particularly relevant one. Uh, but there's also, there is a Scottish indie rock band called BMX Bandits, named after so the film. It certainly has an influence. Like, when you watch this movie, there is nothing about the film that makes you want to watch it again as an adult. Like, if if I showed it to kids and they really loved it and they wanted to watch it again, fine. I'd imagine I would see it, like, the five times I must have seen it as a kid. Because you're watching it for the outfits, for the bikes, and for the fact that kids beat the bad guys. Yes, I think it's very much positioned as a film for kids. Right. Having said that, there is some adult humour in here. So there's a really interesting... The Brian. I want to talk about Brian Trenchard-Smith, the director, okay? Because he's kind of a culty figure. I've got a couple of his films. One of them is called Dead End Drive-In, which I really like. It's a really yeah. low-budget, crazy film. But it goes to kind of an interesting place. You know how Pleasantville suddenly switches halfway through and becomes a like a social commentary? Yeah. Dead End Driving does that, and it's really unexpected. And, and I you kind say it's of halfway through, I think it's the whole movie. It's got a switch for sure. Yeah. The point it, where you suddenly realise, oh, this is a social comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead End Driving does the same thing, and he did. Right. He did a couple of movies before BMX Bandits. One called The Man from Hong Kong, which is probably his most famous, and another one called Death Cheaters, which has. I just want to read the logline for this film because it's my favourite description of a film I think I've ever seen on IMDb. Get this: two best friends. Vietnam War veterans turned stuntmen are sent as spies to the Philippines on a top secret mission for the Australian government. Right, I'm watching that now. Yeah, there's so much crammed into that sentence. It's amazing. That. Yeah, it's just like hide to kill or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. he has he has a reputation for doing relatively low budget, relatively crazy action movies. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do a BMX movie. So he knew it had to be aimed at kids. And he had this... I think quite smart observation that kids want to feel like they're watching something grown up. And that's why there's the bank robbers and the shotguns and the pig masks and all of that. Agreed. But there's nothing that isn't particularly wholesome. There's no blood. There's no swearing. It's amazing. Like one of the bad guys. Some of the fights. Yeah. Oh, and they're total idiots because he was like, kids like to see adults uh, made fools of. Yes. And that's why all the slapstick no, stuff. No, I think you're there. right. I think that's the success of this movie. It yeah. is definitely geared towards kids. There's enough in it that an adult could watch it with their children and not be completely bored. Um, it's it as far as the adult dialogue is concerned, it's totally ridiculous, and the kids sound smart and savvy. The, the adult dialogue's insane. They're like parodies of adults. Yeah, which again, really smart, geared towards kids. I think you're right. The, the the director wasn't just making a stupid, silly movie. No. And I think where it falls down for me, having not had a, a yeah. history with it, is the slapstick is so Clouseau. Yeah, it's really bad. The action sequences are not very exciting, really. Dude, I had I, the, I had no excitement watching this. No. Like, I was bored. And I won't defend the quality of the film. I refuse. Not based on nostalgia value. It's not enough for me. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. It's a really bad film. It is pretty bad. (laughs) But it's kind of so good-natured that you don't begrudge it. Exactly. When you realise what it's for, when you realise what it's trying to do, and you realise it's not trying to do anything else, 
I had completely forgotten it was Australian. In my memory of it, it's American. Maybe it was dubbed a lot of those movies. I mean, Mad Max was dubbed oh back in the God, day. Oh my God, that's weird. Maybe I watched an American dub version. It's very likely, in fact. Yeah, po- possibly. And that's weird because there were moments, even now as an, as an adult, like I understand the Australian accent very well. I very rarely do. But there were some lines I was like, what did he say? Yeah. It was like really thick, especially Goose. He had quite a thick accent. Goose the is the one with the blonde hair. Yeah. The, the... My favorite thing about him is yeah. that because he can't swear, no. his, his main expletive is poo. He says yeah. poo three or four. But there's, poo a lot. There's, just, it was there's really, a lot of. Because the film starts with a bank robbery. And it's guys, it's like a scene from Point Break, almost. Yeah, you know, they're putting is. on masks, they're loading up yeah, shotguns, yeah. they rob a bank, they're threatening to kill people in the bank. And I thought, this could be really cool. Like, this could be the Goonies, like the kids taking down these Yeah, criminals. there's even a chunk character. You know? it, it's so the Goonies. Yeah. And it predates it by two years. Yeah, yeah. There's a so, lot of elements. Know, maybe there's some it. influence there. But then when, when the, the whole film is predicated on these kids, they smash up their bikes... So they have to make some money quick to repair their bikes. It's and half they... an hour before we see bikes again. It's crazy. I was itching. I was like, this film's called BMX Bandits. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote a note at the half hour mark saying, can you imagine Fast and the Furious without cars? That's why I was like, <laughs> interesting, we were talking about Fast, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it doesn't make sense. The movie's called BMX Bandits and there's no thing. And then suddenly, yeah, okay, they get bikes again. It's like, okay. And I was like, where did they get the money? It's like they did actually sell some of those stolen walkies, right? Mainly to the fat kid, yeah. So they go to steal some some what they think is lobsters to sell, and they end up getting these walkie-talkies that are going to be used in a bank heist. So right. when that goose guy and, and they're they're doctored walkie-talkies, they're like super powerful. They can they can track the police frequency, right? But yeah. they need to be. This is the thing: is like the the big bad explains it. He says they need to be fixed. So that they can't hear us, but we can hear them. Exactly. Um, but these particular ones that the kids find, they've not been fixed yet. So every time they use them, they're on the police frequency and hilarity ensues. Yeah, well, my, maybe. But yeah, when Goose walks into the warehouse or whatever it is where yeah. they've broken open this box and found the walkie-talkies, that was the point I realised, oh, this really is a kid's movie. Because I yeah. was genuinely thinking, oh, this is a, yeah, yeah. you know... Not an R-rated movie, but that kind of thing of like it's got kids in it because he he exclaims, "Ah, oh, poo!" Yeah, because <laughs> what? you 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 were uh, you have said on a previous recording that's not been released yet, you have said that you love this kind of movie that you're constantly on the search for those Arrow films, those kind of that yeah. really make you laugh. Other Brian Trenchard Smith movies, in fact, yeah. Right, so you were wondering if this was going to be like that. I really hoped it was. Yeah. I thought it was um, going to be a grungy little drive-in right. movie. I was really worried that this was going to be worse than Wavelength. Having made my apology about Wavelength, okay. I was worried that this would be worse than that. And it definitely is not. No, I don't think it is. But I wouldn't say, in terms of enjoyment value, I don't know that I enjoyed it anymore. No, I think this would be more fun if we'd watched it together. Yeah, um, definitely. Potentially with like my nephew or your nephew, <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be fun. With a kid, yeah, they definitely. would be laughing a lot at lots of things. I mean, again, like that poo thing and the slapstick stuff. There's a moment when they, they uh, like knock two bad guys off of the pier. pier off yeah. of the pier. And they're just thrashing around in the water like they can't swim and it's a bit it's lame and and 
you know, I think there's better action in like in cartoons actually than, than sure. having this, like uh, especially of that time. Even they just sort of wait there while the kids, each of them, pick up identically looking crates and smash them over their heads. And some of the lines I only got managed to write down two that made me laugh so much. Of like, this is the type of quip that you end up with, you know, after you've just defeated somebody. Yeah. Try that slime. Yeah. Good one. But my favorite is Nicole Kidman's. Okay. Have a nice day. <laughs> Oof. Have deep, a nice that's day. A deep burn. Deep yeah. burn. Get some Savaloy or Savaloy? Savaloy Savalo- Savalo- on that. Savaloy. Well, grill a Savaloy on yeah, it. Grill, yeah. grill a Savaloy and rub it on that wound. That is. Uh, that's that a deep is, burn. But that's evidence of like how tame they were deliberately trying to keep it. Oh, but there's a real attempt, and I think this is the kind of the biggest failure of the film. I can forgive, you know, the stunts and that because it's hard to make a BMX look yeah. really fast. Right, yeah, and the, the sound effects, huh? Oh, the fucking, yeah, Steve Austin style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, it must be fast. It's making yeah, that sound they're effect. Flying. They're flying two feet. <laughs> but between the two main guys, I can't remember what their, their characters are called. Doesn't mind it. So anyway, these two guys, every time one of them has a line... The other one has a retort, so they're like yeah. all the way through. It's supposed to be this this very witty banter. None of it really lands, and it's like there's a bit where they're in the police station, and he's like, "I hope I get out before my twenty first. Right. And the other guy goes, "Oh come on, mate, that's ages away. That's what I'm worried about." Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, that stuff doesn't really land. I don't think, but there is an attempt at least to to, to give it some some. Are you, sorry, are you talking about the main BMX bandits or the bad guys? Yes. No, no, the two, the two kids. Oh, they're called PJ and Goose. Right. I thought you meant the two bad guys that are chasing them the whole. Oh, movie. right. So the guy who says "poo" is Whitey. Then the bad guy, the blonde, the blonde guy, Whitey. No, that's mustache, that's yeah. Dwayne. He's called Dwayne. Or he might have a nickname called Whitey, but it doesn't matter. I mean, good Jesus. But there is there is one line that Nicole Kidman has. Going back to what you were saying about how there's some slightly adult humor in there. There's yeah. a there's a line that Nicole Kidman has that I was genuinely a bit taken aback by. Yeah. Because she somehow <laughs> inherits all of these BMX skills. And so she has a sequence where she shows yeah. off how great she is. Oh, no, she's a kid. Stunts. All kids in this movie can ride BMX bikes. But, like, really well. You know, at yeah. tournament level. I loved it. I loved that sequence. Yeah, so she has, like, this little montage. And then she yeah. rides back and she's really impressed these two lads. And yeah. there's there's the the better looking of the two boys. It's AC Slater. Yeah, Angelo D'Angelo, his name is. <laughs> yeah. In real life. Angelo D'Angelo. What a great name. But uh, he's the AC Slater. <laughs> he's to, absolutely AC Slater. To yeah, the other he's, guy. He's the buff guy, he's the good looking one. Well the other guy's not Zach Morris, he's Screech. <laughs> he's more I like wouldn't go that far. But actually no, he's not like Screech. He's a smart guy. He's the brains. Not only is he the brains, but as badass as you could get. In a movie like this, he okay. is. Do you yeah, know what okay. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not soft at all. He's quite savvy, smart. They say, like, go to the police. And he's like, no, I'm not going to police. Yeah. Like, we're going to get caught. Like, and they are he, they are criminals, let's not forget. They start the film by basically robbing stealing fishermen. Stealing shit. Yeah, they're stealing stuff. But, um, yeah, so there's a moment between Nicole Kidman and A.C. Slater. And <laughs> she's like, you know, she's... It really looks like they, they could kiss in that moment. Yeah. And then the blonde guy appears and goes, oh, is this a... Private moment or yes, whatever. And she says, "Yeah, oh, you know what they say: two's company, 
three gets you talked about. Yes. She puts her arm around him. It's like around Whoa. both of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the prudishness no, of the rest of the kisses, film rubbed off him. Like Goose kisses her in the cemetery when they fall. It, they fall into the grave, and he Does makes it? a move. He doesn't just make a move on her. He plants one right on it, right on her. Yeah. Okay. You know, they're teenagers. They're not. They're not just kids. No, they're, they're not little they're, kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but they are. There are other. There are little kids, and this movie is directed at little kids. It's not. They're not acting like teenagers, really. But there's a line that A.C. Slater says when they first... So when they're first testing uh, the micro, the microphones, the walkies, the walkie-talkies... Your walkie-talkies have gone walkies. They, yeah, that's good. Uh, they go to, like, apparently quite separate locations to test the range, I guess, whatever, before they go off and start trying to sell them. They're talking about, like, his charm, P- PJ's charm, and, like... And when he got started, and he's like... I started really young. Oh, God, they're talking about losing their virginity and stuff, aren't they? Sort of. I thought they were talking about, like, how well hung he was. And he's like, you didn't get your start until you were 12. He's like, no, no, I got my start when I was born. He said, I was a child there or something. I'm not... But the banter between the three of them is much more adult than it should be. And I think that that kind of stuff would just go over a kid's head. And it's, it's on the line enough that adults watching it would go, what? Yeah. Wow, okay, cool. Like, you know, the same way that, like, I don't know, Pixar movies get away with a lot of that adult stuff. There was a gag that you sent me from, I think, the Trolls movie. I couldn't believe it was in that. Yeah, go on. Well, I can't remember what it was, but it was oh, really, right. I'm sure yeah, it was yeah. an allusion to anal sex or something. Yeah, yeah. Is that, it's Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you'd expect they would be up for it, definitely. For those <laughs> kind of I just want to say, um, allegedly... Are you trying to say that Justin Timberlake wants to bum Anna Kendrick? Is that what you're saying? Nope. <laughs> I'm saying they'd be up for making adult gags okay. in movies. All right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think most most people got that. That's what I was saying. But, well, but that's just me again, I guess. Ben just proved how easy it is to switch something innocent that someone's saying into an adult joke. Can't say anything these days, can you? Did you just say you can't say anything? See? Yeah, good. Okay, so yeah, obviously there is the the feel of the Goonies to it, but do you know like what the end sequence really reminded me of? You've got like a hundred, maybe two hundred kids on BMXs turning up for the grand finale. The end of Stay Hungry when all the bodybuilders are out on the street. I just right. I had flashbacks to that. Right. Yeah. And they they're kind of comparable in the sense of like Stay Hungry is a much more adult film. There's no two ways about that. But that weird mixture of grown up ish stuff. And then just really crazy silliness. And the end yeah. of this film is, I think it thinks it's a Jackie Chan film. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I just think they're auditioning a bunch of kids for this movie and they go, you're all great in your own way. Um, we don't want to let you down. You can all be in the movie. There's a massive sequence at the end. But for the BMX kids, it's like there must have been a bunch of kids auditioning for that movie. There's a lot of anecdotal stuff from people about how you know Nicole Kidman was one of 500 girls that auditioned for that role. Really? Wow. There were loads of kids hanging around at the bike parks and things like that, and it became a, a tourist attraction for kids in Australia after the film came out. And listen, this film was a big hit. A big hit. I mean, huge in Australia, and, and obviously launched Nicole Kidman's career. It's amazing. But in the UK, mm. it was the fifth highest grossing film of the year. Wow. Yeah. Back then? Media for kids was difficult. Like quality movies was hard. And and again, I think the very canny move to tap into a, a social craze 
it yeah. launched. It didn't matter if the film was any good. I'm going to go and see the BMX movie. Yeah, you maybe had like one Disney film a year if you're lucky. Well, Disney was in the doldrums back then as well, so it was yeah. it was really Star Wars and yeah. the Star Wars knockoffs. That's all you had. And we're we're talking kids like eight, nine, ten, right? That's what we're saying. Seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten. You know. And, and uh, yeah, you had to go and see the BMX movie. I'd imagine that people were going to see it lots of times, not just with their family, but then with their friends, and right? Which is, you know, when I found out what a big hit it was over here, that's why I'm kind of confused that I never ended up seeing it. You were too lame, man. Like, people didn't want to invite you to go see it. It wouldn't have been in the cinema because it was only two when it came out. But, I mean, it must have been on telly <laughs> ad nauseum, surely. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And it continued to be a hit, I guess. Because, again... We saw it. We saw it a bunch of times. I don't know why I never did. The thing is, is about this movie is, again, there is nothing about the plot itself that draws you to this film. That's not why this is good film. It's iconic. Like, it, there is, there are, there's iconography in this that's worthy of, of mentioning. Like, I was looking online afterwards for a BMX Bandits t-shirt. They're wearing BMX Bandits t-shirts. That's, I have to say, that was kind of cool because that kind of like made them to be like... A gang. You know, yeah, but yeah, a gang, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it's warriors for kids. I was going to say like a superhero team, but they are more like the warriors, It's warriors for kids. Yeah. And that's the Goonies stuff. Goonies never say die, you know, all of that. On previous episodes, we've done things like talk about Arnie Staples. Yeah. We've done things like the Cruiserverse, where we... We applied Pixar theory to uh, the very controversial Cruiserverse. Yeah. yeah. Now we're not going to we're not going to do that with forgotten films, but the energy's there. The idea has been seeded that there might be some overlap between the forgotten films. We talked okay. about it on a couple of previous episodes. It's almost impossible for us not to think that way. I'm going to advance a theory, Ben. Oh God. I think that BMX Bandits takes place in the same universe. As District Nine, that's a r- <laughs> I was not expecting you to go there. I need <laughs> to hear why? more. Yeah, go on. The bad guy on at least two occasions is constantly criticizing his um, henchmen, but on on at least two occasions calls them prawns. Okay, <laughs> you dummies, you prawns! Wow, even by Cruiserverse standards, that is. Tenuous as When balls, have man. you heard somebody use the word prawn as an insult? When? I didn't grow up in Australia in the 80s. It could be something that the kids called each other. Really? Yeah, that's like if we called someone a spanner. I don't know if that's offensive or not, but we always used to call spanner? each other sp- spanners when we were kids, yeah. Uh, you tool. You flaming girl. Ah, yeah, you tool. Exactly. I don't know, but prawns? Uh, mate, that's so tenuous, even by your standards. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I do. I shame on you. I don't think that. Um, I really built it up, didn't I? I totally thought you were going to remember that the guy called him prawns. That's all. That's all. That it. I w- no, see, I was you. expecting. Yeah, because there's the science fiction connection, and I thought you were going to go somewhere really, really interesting with that. And there is no science fiction in this movie. Yeah, exactly. I feel almost as disappointed as when I watched Wavelength. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> almost. Yeah, okay. F- fair enough. So you have spoken about the fact that you want to do a feature similar to the Cruiserverse. I want this as many features. I I would do all, all our episodes could be all features as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I want to introduce more features. I want, I want fans to write us feature ideas. Our episodes currently do not have enough features in them. 
Do you have an idea for one? That's that's one man's opinion. Um, I do. Because yeah. we've talked about a, a hero of ours uh, on both of the previous seasons is Bill Paxton. Yeah. So my yeah. idea is to introduce the Paxton factor and find a character or actor that would be best replaced by Bill Paxton at the age that he was in this movie. Totally amazing. Yeah. How old was he then in 1983? Well, this is a year before Terminator. So, yeah, like 20, let's say. It, one of the henchmen, obviously. I would take him as either of the henchmen. I'd take him as one of the cops, like the bumbling cop who's always, you know, holding up the traffic and that. He can't get everything, anything right. But I'd also take him as the as the big bad guy. Yeah, that's the other role. I think he could be the big bad guy, yeah. But there's something about that bag. big bad guy. Like, he's really acting his socks off in that. Yeah, it's like, weird. It's so weird. But again, it's like Brits are bad guys, right? He's got this weird speech at the end, which is like, I was born and bred in Stoke Newington. Yeah. I was I was respected in Tottenham. I'm like, well, hold, hang on. Oh, okay. Like, born and... Okay, fine. Respected. And I don't even know if I'm getting the places right. Yeah, so, so far you are. I was, yeah. I was fated in Hackney. Yeah. I was like, fated in Hackney. It's and, great. Oh, yeah. All right. It's weird. Like, my movie knowledge is like, I haven't spent enough time in London to even know what the relevance is of those places. I've been to all those places, but I don't really have a clue. I don't think they, there's any relevance mean. beyond no, he's but is a it, cockney. Is it like I was born and bred in the Bronx and I was, you know, I was respected in Manhattan and I was, do you know what I mean? I would understand that more because there's are locations that appear a lot in movies. Yeah. But it's like, it's not something that we can really understand. And I think he's playing on that. I think he's playing on the fact that that Australians would not know those places. So he can make up whatever shit he wants about them. Yeah. And say, like, I was a bloody king of the crime underworld I was. <laughs> yeah. So brilliant. <laughs> but the, but that would be great was... to see Bill Paxton playing that part, is my point. As a Cockney. Yes, yes. Doing his best Cockney accent. No, but that, that actor, Brian Marshall... Right. He made up that speech. Like he just wanted to have oh, right. something. That's like his tears in rain from Blade Runner <laughs> it's moment. It's great. <laughs> no, I mean it. He, like I said, his acting sucks off. He's doing his very best with 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 a very poor role. And and I seriously, I think he uh, he inspired um, fucking Prince. Prince. Yeah, from I, d- I disagree. District I disagree Nine. Shalto Copley grew up grew up watching BMX Bandits. Now that's possible. And, and he he put it in. So listen, this yeah. was your this was your apology entry for yeah. for, for picking wavelength. <laughs> yeah, I might need, I might need another apology. If you could, well, <laughs> that was going to be my question. Yeah. If you could reset and substitute this for wavelength, would you? No, or would you make a different choice? I think I'm going to have to put 1983 to bed. <laughs> I think I'm done with picking films for 1983. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think we settled quite rightly on the hunger as being the pick, right for 1983. I don't need to pick any more films. We together, as a as a project, unit? have picked okay. as a unit. Yeah, the hunger is our pick for nineteen eighty three. This film doesn't necessarily trump it. It e- it is much easier to watch and not hate it. I hated Wavelength with a passion. Um, I don't think this really makes up for it. So again, another apology, but I will not be doing another apology episode to no, that's fine. to make up for this. That's fine. Um, I can't. What would you do? Would you have substituted this for Wavelength? Because I think we had a great discussion. Yeah, I enjoyed the conversation about Wavelength much more than I enjoyed the film. I'm not sure that this would have gone... I think we have said as much as we could say about BMX Bandits in truth. There isn't anything else to um, say. It's 
a curiosity. It's definitely a better film, objectively, than Wavelength. Certainly the script is better. Uh, it's aimed at a completely different audience, though. And I think, really, the main attraction of this film is is Nicole Kidman to see... You can see little sparks of promise here. Yeah. Her, her eyebrow <laughs> thing that she does, like, that's not a tick. That's something that she does. That's something that she's always done. It's quite... I wouldn't say, like, she's an exciting talent in this, but you can see why someone would look at her and go, I'll give this kid another shot. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and Nicole Kidman right now, I think it's really fair to say, no matter what you may think of any of the movies that she's done, she's a, she's a very good actress. She's formidable, yes. Yeah, I'm not saying that all her performances are flawless. It's just saying she's a presence on screen. She holds her own. She knows she's got a fantastic range. What else do you want? What else do you need? You know, and so and that was present back then. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, she's she's easily the the best actor in the film. I think. Yeah. So I mean, look, I'm I'm I feel much the same about both of them. But I would say this is a I don't know. Three, three stars. Are you because kidding I, me? I, well, I can't begrudge it because it is aimed at kids. I'm not the audience for it. I think if I had seen it in the 80s when I was the target audience, I'd have a lot more fondness for it the way that I did for Beastmaster. If How Did This Get Made did not already, was not already doing the kind of alternative opinions or whatever they, they do, that segment that they do, I would yeah, love second, to go, Second opinions. Second opinions, yeah. I would love to go onto Amazon and find out what people who gave it five stars well there are actually quite a lot of 10 out of 10 imdb reviews there's also (laughs) i love this the the highlighted user review on imdb today because i'm sure they switch them around it's a one star review but then with the caption best movie ever wow which makes no sense if I was on my deathbed and my loved ones were gathering around me and if they asked me if there's anything I wanted to do before I died I would reply Show me BMX Bandits one last amazing. time. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. So there's obviously, yeah. yeah, there's. I think that's a nostalgia review for sure. Absolutely, and and the, yeah. the one star suggests that it suggests like I know this is shit, but I love it. You know, and yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not in that camp. That was my hope okay. that I could say I know this is shit, but I love it. I don't, and yet I'm still trying to find online a BMX Bandits T-shirt. There's something about I want to wear that, and I want to see if anybody points it and goes, "Huh, amazing BMX bandits." I'm go- I'm gonna encourage you strongly to do this, Alex. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the reason to wear it is not to defend or to support the viewing of this movie. Okay. I I don't think it needs any more views. For anyone that does want to watch it, though, yeah, very hard to track down. It's very hard to track down. It's on Daily Motion. Yeah, that little known. Or maybe well-known, depending on what kind of videos you're looking for. It's YouTube for losers. YouTube for losers. Is that really what it is? Uh, I, well, I can't imagine what niche Daily Motion gets into. No. Like, I don't know what videos end up on Daily Motion that don't would also end up on YouTube. Well, right. this. Right. Um, and I want to be really clear on this. Alex and I do not support piracy at all. No. We always try and get the best quality, legitimate copy of a film. This was one that we had to do in very short notice. And Dailymotion was the only place we could find it, short of an international DVD import, which wouldn't have arrived on time. So if you want to buy a legitimate copy of it, you can do. There are DVDs out there. It's not been released on Blu-ray in this country, to my knowledge. 
But yes, it is available in full on Daily Motion, Daily Motion for free, and that's how we watched it. And what I will say about that, actually, and I think I would have preferred to have seen this in a high-definition version because there are clips yeah. in high-definition on YouTube on things like Good Bad Flicks that did an episode right. about it. And it looks really, really lovely, actually. This is a very colourful film. And I think yes, the contrast yeah. of colours and things like that would give it give you another reason to indulge it and give it a bit more attention because it's a nice-looking film. And in the crappy quality version, or relatively crappy quality version that we watched, that stuff doesn't pop as much. Watching movies like this and watching movies from the 80s really makes me realise the degree to which nowadays we are repeating 80s fashions. Like... We are in the midst of a revival of 80s colors and yeah. fashions and styles that I thought I, I thought that we're in some kind of unique era, but we're really not. Yes, apart from the haircuts. Fair enough. Yeah. Pink eyeshadow and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was very popular again. But we're yeah. we're still a little bit away from mullets and, you know, the frizzy hairdo on girls. Yeah. Although Nicole Kidman's hair in this I could see that. It. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. So Mullets, lycra, and saxophones. Almost. Is, I've got to say, yeah. no, the music in this film is rotten, isn't it? Oh, God. Okay, so that is one thing that I that I did not tire of. The crap songs. There is a refrain, a BMX Bandits theme yeah. that plays right at the beginning when they're cycling. And then every single time, whenever there's a shot of someone on a bike, it goes back to that. Dun, 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 dun. Da, 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 yeah. da. very 80s yeah i love it i didn't tire it i could put it on all day probably it's one of those weird things that are like i just i love it it's so bad that they're cutting between like a scene where nicole kidman's been questioned by these two goons who are pretending to be undercover police officers it cuts between that the da, 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 the guys on the bike and then cuts back and like do 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 like really like mysterious <laughs> kind of music and then cuts back to the guys on the bikes and it's dun, 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 and then dun, dun, dun. it's really really comic that was it was one of my favorite music moments but you're right the music is rubbish seriously yeah. seriously bad and there's a really bad song in there as well like i think it is over is the there nicole an kidman tune? Oh, there's a couple of different songs in there. Oh, right. Uh, there's one over the Nicole Kidman stunt sequence montage, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That is just straight up a song about puberty, like about my really? body's growing in weird ways. Oh, wow. It, it was oh, no. really uncomfortable. That's horrible. I didn't no, no. like it. Uh, okay. So I do not recommend purchasing the soundtrack for BMX Bandits. But do you recommend watching this film? Yeah, I would. I would. It's, it's yeah. just about a recommendation, which is why I went three stars. Uh, you're very generous on the stars on these movies. I can't, like, I, I can barely give it two. Okay. I mean, I didn't want to give Wavelength a star. Yeah, but you see, like, just going back to Rock of Ages, I think a film has to actively upset me or offend me in some way for me to go that low. Right. I have to really hate something. And Wavelength right. was a badly made film, but it wasn't badly intentioned. You're right. This is not offensive. I mean, okay. But don't don't let me... Try and change your score. If it's two stars, it's no, two stars. No, but I see what you mean. I, I Listen, if there's someone that's in need of some kind of criteria for scoring, it's me, man. Like, I'm all over the place with my rankings and stuff like that. You just need to listen back to a couple episodes of the last two seasons. Listen back to a couple episodes of the last two seasons if, if you want. You don't have to. Yeah, I recommend the Rock of Ages episode. It's great. Right. I'm not very good with scoring and rankings. So any help you can give me, man, for like some criteria for 
giving these stars. I think it's a good idea. Okay, I'm going to join you in the three stars. Really? Yeah, just just because you're right. It's not offensive. Uh, I think that people the the right everything we've said about it it could be it could be enjoyed, uh, especially if it's watched with children, especially if you've got a nostalgia value for it if you've seen it yourself before as a kid. Uh, but otherwise, in terms of quality, it's it's low. Fair enough. Well, that's it. And I think you're right. I think we need to draw a line under 1983 now and say we've given many hours of our life to that year. Yes. There are much better years coming up. Trust us. Yeah. Get in touch with your thoughts. If you if you are a big fan of BMX Bandits or Wavelength, let us know at theanthology at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we're missing. And uh, we'll be back next week with 1984. And until then, Alex... I guess that's it. Forget about it!